Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Happy Wednesday. We're halfway through the week. We're coming on the downhill side. I hope that you had a good uphill ride. I know that uh, I've had a crazy busy week, man. It just it just it's felt it's felt like I've had so many things going on that um, it, it's it's made it really hard to focus in on on a lot of things, really, in, or any one thing, because I've just been going all over the place. I've been uh, I've got multiple businesses going on. I, of course, I have the podcast that I work on every day. I missed yesterday. Sorry about that. And so today's show is going to be kind of long because I'm going to cover a lot of what I wanted to talk about yesterday. It was carried over into today. I'm going to do an update on the climate change BS because I did a full show on that on Monday. I'm going to do an update on that. We're going to look at the border because that's a problem that's always there and one that they keep making excuses for, just like they make excuses for the economy. We're going to talk about our Ivy League schools and our college colleges across America in general, which have become nothing but breeding grounds for hate and intolerance and anti-Semitism. It's absolutely disgusting what has happened. And again, I go back to the fact that many of today's youth simply don't know what they don't know. It's up to us to pass the baton. It's up to us to try to get the word out, okay? We're going to take a look at the economy and how you have to work 10 more years. Now, retirements have been decimated. 401ks, IRAs, completely decimated. We're going to take a look at that, and we're going to take a look at Kareem Jean-Pierre's audition to be a host on The View once she leaves the podium at the White House because they always have to go somewhere and make their money afterwards, right? That's what they do. And I'm sure she'll do just fine. I mean, she's a she's a black lesbian, um, so I'm, I'm sure that she's going to have no problem checking the boxes for some liberal liberal media organization out there. Transmedia in our school, we have men competing against women, and you know what? And these people think it's okay. You know, hey, women just need to learn to lose gracefully to men. Then it will all be well because you know, after all, these trans people, it's in their mental well being to be able to compete. And beat up on women. And to be able to undress in front of them in their showers. To be able to expose their genitalia in the locker rooms. Yes. That's more important than protecting the privacy and the, of women. And the competitiveness of women's sports. And protecting Title IX. Which was there specifically to take care of that. So we're going we're gonna to look at all of that. We're going to bounce around a little bit here and a little bit there. And I hope that uh, hope that you enjoy the show. I did. I spent a lot of time this morning. I've been up since about 4 o'clock. It's uh, what time am I recording right now? Uh, it's 11 a.m. Pacific Coast time because I'm in Washington State. Show drops around 4. And I spent, eh, spent probably three or four hours in prep today along with getting my workout in. Drinking my my multiple cups of of coffee, and uh, maybe you know they'll start paying me for drinking or for talking about the name of the coffee that I drink. I don't know. Maybe I need to get bigger. Probably need to get bigger, huh? All right. So before we go anywhere, I'm going to jump in. We're going to take a look at, and this is not necessarily unexpected. It was kind of expected, but again, I think it just goes to show how Republicans they just like to lose. Man, they don't play by the same rules. That that the, the that the Democrats do, and as a result, they lose. We already kicked, so we kicked Santos out of Congress. So we 
we lose one guy, McCarthy, one vote, McCarthy is going to retire at the end of December. So he's leaving because he was humiliated. He can't stand just being a regular congressperson after being Speaker of the House. His his ego, his his person won't allow himself to be humble enough to understand that, look, dude, you fucked up. And you got booted out. You made promises. You didn't deliver. And you were held accountable for your action or lack thereof. Well, he's going to leave. And that's another vote that's gone, making our majority in the House even narrower than it already was. So we've lost, in, in the last week, we've lost two votes in the House. It's ridiculous. You would never, ever, ever, ever see Democrats do something as foolish as this. McCarthy said, I've decided to depart the House at the end of this year to serve America in new ways. I know my work is only getting started. He wrote, he wrote an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal. Anyway, um, he said, I will continue to recruit our country's best and brightest to run for elected office. The Republican Party is expanding every day, and I am committed to lending my experience to support the next generation of leaders. Now, if only his experience and his support were directed toward America first future leaders. That'd be great. But no, I can guarantee you he's going to go after those that can be molded and shaped to support the establishment, to be part of the deep state and to continue. uh, Excuse me there. My seat was kind of messed up to continue to, to bring the same sorts of failed policies that the Republican party has been bringing us now for decades. I mean, this is, uh, this is not good, people. It, it really is not. Uh, let's jump. Uh, let's take a look at the border. So the border is something that is is an ongoing issue. It's something they continue to deny on, and something they continue to blame on Trump. It's something they continue to say is, "Oh, we, we keep asking for money, and the Republicans keep keep denying us." Well, because understand, and I've said this before, the extreme commie Democrats' answer to the immigration problem, the illegal crossings at our border, is not to enforce current laws, not to stop people from coming in, no, no, but to dump a ton of money into processing centers to bring people in faster, process them faster, fly them about the country, move them about the country in buses and planes and whatever, and establish little enclaves of democratic strength. That's their whole reason. They don't want to stop it. They like the fact that Immigration is completely unchecked. See, we have an immigration system. It's not fucking broken. It's not perfect, but it's not broken. They've simply perverted it and subverted the purpose of the laws that we have on the books for legal immigration. Now everybody's an asylum seeker. It doesn't matter if they do it legally or per the system and policies that have been in place for decades. No, no, no. Just come to the border and walk on in. Oh, you're an asylum seeker. Okay, where do you want to go? Chicago, New York. L.A., Pennsylvania, you tell us where you want to go. But the border is porous. They're, they are literally taking power tools to the border. And when I say they, I'm talking about the cartels, the human traffickers, the people who are extorting these people and charging them thousands of dollars to lead them across Mexico and take them to border crossings and places where they know our border is weak, where they can put them into the United States. And then they document it. You watch. And, and, our, and our, our border patrol can do nothing about it. They're sitting there on the U.S. side of the border. They're not stopping these people. They're letting them in because those are their rules of engagement, so to speak. And, uh, and, and it's disgusting. 
what is happening. We're sitting there facilitating human trafficking of these individuals who are, again, paying thousands of dollars. And then the cartel stands there as they push them through the hole they cut in the border wall and videotapes them. Why? Proof of delivery. You got to have proof of delivery if you're going to get paid by the people that are financing these people to come across. Because I guarantee you, these people don't have thousands of dollars. These are NGOs and people like Soros-funded organizations that are paying the Mexican cartel to bring these people across Mexico. And so, of course, when they bring them in, they need to get their phones out and they videotape these people going in. And that's their POD, or proof of delivery, as it's known in the shipping industry. This is along a a section of border that's basically in the middle of nowhere. And you can see that it's just hundreds and hundreds of people waiting. Look at all that filth and garbage that's everywhere. They're just standing around. This goes on on a daily basis. It's nothing new. It's nothing that, you know, is, but it's something that's forgotten from time to time as other issues come up, as they talk about other things. Oh, we the border kind of falls to the back burner for a while. But it's still there. Well, Hamas was invading Israel and killing and raping our border was still wide open. While Ukraine's begging for more money, our border's still wide open. When there's congressional hearings going on, when they're talking about Hunter Biden, when they're bringing people and charging, when they're charging Trump with more crimes, when they're bringing Trump into court, the border is still wide open. So I think it's important to talk about it once in a while. So here's what I was talking about. Check this. So here is a hole that's been cut in the border wall. And then the cartel, the Mexican cartels, they pull up in their SUVs. That's on the Mexican side. And I'm just going to kind of narrate as this happens. If you're not watching the video, make sure to go to rumble.com slash the nun report. You can check this out. This is something you really have to see. You can see the border patrol walks up to the walks up to the hole in the in the wall that's been cut. And they're talking. He's sitting there literally having a conversation with one of the cartel members. And, and, and of course, they have their masks on. The cartel guy has his cell phone out taking video. Again, proof of delivery. He's taking video of the border patrol guy. And uh, the border basically must said, and then oh, look at, okay, go ahead. Go on in. Go on in. He's telling that guy, go on in. Bam, he's in America. He's on U.S. soil. Border Patrol guy pushes him along. I mean, this is just disgusting. Look at this. So then he goes and he jumps in his vehicle and zooms off. And he just made another, you know, what, five, six, seven thousand dollars for his criminal cartel. <laughs> and here they come. Look at this. Same gap. And they're just pouring in. And then you'll see over here on the far left of the screen, closest to my inset, you'll see the cartel fella with his cell phone taking video of all the human cargo that they delivered across Mexico and put into the United States. Proof of delivery so that they can get paid. And this goes, this is just one spot. This goes on 
24-7 at dozens of locations across our border. What, I mean, and they try to say, oh, you know, the border's been broken forever. It's been broken for decades. You know, it wasn't perfect. But when Trump was in office, maybe three, 400,000 a month or a month were coming in. Now we have almost that many coming in per day. Or no, excuse me, three or 400,000 a year were coming in under Trump. My bad. A year were coming in under Trump. And now you get that much every month. Every month. So 10, 12 times what was coming in under Trump. So what Trump was doing was working. What the Biden regime is doing is not. Carrie Lake has some things to say about it. Check it out. Just this week, we saw cartel members moving in heavy equipment and literally chopping down parts of the That's what wall. I was talking about. And a reporter was videotaping it, and they were blowing her kisses and laughing. This is what's happening. The, the cartels own and control our southern border. And this is really, in my opinion, an act of war. Just one day, one morning, Maria, 950 people poured across in the Tucson sector in one morning, and 71% were just adults. This is not families coming across, and we do have those, but the majority of these people are fighting-age men. We are watching as we're being invaded, and we're seeing a foreign army basically pour across our border. We talk a lot about Biden inflation. We have a Biden invasion happening Biden invasion. in Arizona, and it seems like we're not getting any attention from the White House, from D.C., we need to get this border wall completed. Yeah, but they're cutting it down. They're literally bringing in power tools and generators to just cut our wall open. And and we know they're doing it. And we don't stop them. And it's not just, you know, there's some people who are looking for a better life. I'm sure of it. But there are also a lot of bad actors, and those are the ones who are trying to come in undetected. The so-called Godaways, it accounts for about 30% of the people who cross the border. That number has remained constant throughout the entire Biden rule. And the majority of these people are not coming from Mexico or even Central America. They're coming from places far beyond. They're coming from Syria. They're coming from Libya. They're coming from Afghanistan, from Iraq, from China. From countries all over the world. Take a look at this video this. out of Border Patrol, San Diego sector, News Nation. This is a video that was taken of all male fighting age Chinese illegally crossing into the United States. China is our enemy. They are a communist nation that has vowed to overtake the United States as the supreme world power. They fly balloons across our country. They've invaded our universities. They're buying up land all over the place. And now they're just sending people in. Do you really think that 100% of these people are legit, that they're just here for a better life? Or do you think there might be a few CCP spies mixed in there? 
capturing this footage of a large amount of Chinese male nationals that crossed illegally near the Hakumba Hot Springs area. So this is happening all along our southern border, guys. The entire world is showing up here at our doorstep. They're crossing illegally, and they are expecting to get released here into the United States. It's happening here in Lukeville. It's happening in Eagle Pass. It's happening in San Diego. Dana, you mentioned off the top, the port of entry here in Lukeville is completely closed down. That is because CBP is surging officers here to try to help, try to help Border Patrol deal with apprehending all these folks. On top of that, all of the Border Patrol checkpoints in the Tucson sector and the local highways have also been closed down. Those checkpoints are invaluable for trying to be a second line of defense in stopping both human smugglers and fentanyl smugglers. But the Biden regime and Mayorkas and the ilk, they don't want to stop them. That's the thing. Stop looking at it from that perspective. This is not accidental. This is not incompetence. This is an intentional intentional invasion and it's being supported by the u.s government it's pathetic it's pathetic this is not just about more people look at this more border patrol um this is about failed asylum policies which have allowed people from literally around the world to show up at the border and then be released into the interior of the united states as you can imagine it's a huge magnet not only for more people to come, and the smugglers, of course, continue to get rich, but it also provides opportunities for drug cartels to smuggle drugs into the United States, which killed 108,000 Americans last year alone. The United States and the extreme commie Democrats are literally, quite purposefully, funding the Mexican drug cartels and human trafficking networks by allowing and encouraging people from all over the world, letting them know, hey, our border's wide open. Come to the United States. We're not going to stop you. And these videos that get out where they, they, they use these as propaganda, look, people just go to the U.S. border and walk right in. It's insane. Can you, can you imagine any other country in the world allowing this? Can you, any other developed country, can you imagine them just saying, oh, yeah. I mean, imagine her enemies. They love it. China's going, man, hey, yeah, we just send our people there. And they, those silly Americans, they just let us walk right in. Can you believe it? Oh, man, they're just, let's go get some of that. Speaking of China, somebody made up this little video. In fact, it is a basically a, a uh, guide, if you will. It's a... Directions on if you are Chinese, this is how you get to the United States. Now, when you look at this, I want you to notice that the map, all the all the cities and locations are labeled in uh, in Chinese characters. The guy riding on the motorcycle, the guy riding on the motorcycle, they're going to show he's dressed in. Basically, Chinese garb. He, the Chinese. I mean, it looks like this is totally a, a CCP video that's been produced to show their people how to come. And they're probably showing people all over their country, man. But this is Ecuador is a is visa free to Chinese citizens. So if you're a Chinese citizen, you can fly into Ecuador without any visa at all. And that's what this video is. That's what we're talking. That's what we're showing in this video. So go back to the go back to the beginning here. Is that Chinese citizens can go into Ecuador without a visa 
And this anima animation is from You Know Who about how to fly the across the Pacific to Ecuador, infiltrate the U.S. via Dar the Darien Gap, Panama. The animated figure's haircut and gear resemble the real-life Chinese illegals coming over the border, and they're coming over the border in increasing numbers every single day. Check this out. So here's their roadmap. Oh, jump on a boat. Now we're going to start hiking. They're going through Mexico. This is how you infiltrate our enemy. This is how you infiltrate the United States of America. And this is what Chinese this is what the Chinese are doing. Again, if you're just listening on the podcast, you gotta check this show out on rumble.com slash the nun report, putting a lot of information out today. I'm using a lot of clips today again because I, I fell a day behind. I didn't do a show yesterday, so I'm I feel like, oh man, I've got so much I want to talk about and so many things I want to see. So I'm basically cramming two episodes into one. And and I'm hoping. I'm hoping I can get it done. I think I can. We're about uh, we're about a third of the way through it. Uh, you know, we're gonna take a couple of more videos here. This is again in in Lukeville. Here in Lukeville, we are quite literally in the middle. Uh, and take a look at this remarkable video yes. we shot at one of the breaches in the border wall out here in Lukeville. Border Patrol and, and, and federal contractors were trying to fix it. There's a cartel member on the other side of the fence. Groups of illegal immigrants started streaming through that breach, through that gap, trying to get into the country uh, so they could take advantage of the situation happening while Border Patrol was watching there. You'll notice at the end of the clip, a human smuggler dressed in black on the other side of the wall. Just laughing in our faces. He goes, that. Ah. He may as well have been going, eh. Oh, look at that. Woo. Bang the microphone. All right. Let's try not to break anything here, Dan. Throwing your arms around and shit. But, uh, yeah, so they're just on the other side of the fence. They bring these people in. They're videotaping them. Border Patrol's right there. The, the media is right there. And he just goes, <laughs> they must think we're a complete joke. The United States doesn't control our southern border. The Mexican cartels do. And that's pathetic. And it's all Biden's fault. Every fucking bit of it. Every terrorist that snuck into this country, every fucking crumb of fentanyl that's come into this country, every single illegally trafficked person, every woman or child that's been raped or abused on their journey Anybody who's sold into sexual slavery because of our open border policies is 100% on the hands of the extreme commie Democrats and the Biden regime. It pisses me off. It should piss you off, too. If it doesn't, there's something seriously fucking wrong with you. If you think that what's going on at the southern border is okay, if, if the only reason to get Biden out of office, if the only reason to vote against anybody but Biden was to stop this... It's a worthwhile reason. This is the only reason. We don't need to look at the economy. We don't need to look at all the other bullshit that's going on. This reason alone should be all you need to know that Biden cannot be reelected. This cannot continue. I don't know why you need any other reason at all. 
Yeah, the economy sucks. Yeah, people are losing their retirement accounts hand over fist. The social policies are horrible. We're a laughingstock of the world. There's two wars going on now that were not happening before Biden. But this issue is the number one, and the FBI thinks so, too. Check it out. We want to begin tonight with breaking news about America's national security and the warnings from the FBI to local, state, and federal law enforcement about the possibility of terror attacks right here in the homeland. CBS News got a look at a new joint bulletin that warns groups like al-Qaeda and ISIS will likely use the Israel-Hamas war to increase calls for violence in the U.S. this holiday season. This bulletin right here says that the most likely primary targets could include churches, synagogues, and members of the Jewish community. Now, today, the FBI director was telling senators that the U.S. is facing the highest risk of attack in years, that there are blinking lights everywhere, and warning terrorists will exploit the southern border. The head of the FBI says the Bureau is working to identify and disrupt these potential attacks with foreign terrorist groups openly calling for strikes against Americans. He also said that the number of threats are at a whole other level since the October 7th attack on Israel. So combine the fact that the weak Biden regime, that the Hamas took advantage of that, that they knew they wouldn't do anything, went ahead and uh, did what they did, broke the ceasefire that was in place on October 6th. And October 7th, they went in and they killed, raped, and kidnapped Israelis and other nationals as well that happened to be there. And the FBI says, because of that, there's an increased risk of terrorist attacks here in the United States. And combine that with the open border and the fact that terrorists can just basically flee in. They don't give it. They, they don't care. So what? They, they like to brag. Oh, we've get, we've gained more people on the terrorist watch list. We found more of them at the border. That's not a good thing. The fact that they've stopped as many as they have is not a good thing because that means they're coming. That means that some are getting through and they don't care. If they can send 100 people to invade this country and commit acts of terrorism in the United States, if they send 100 to the border and 10 make it through, and the Biden regime brags about capturing 90, but 10 made it through, you think that's a good thing? Or do you think maybe we ought to just shut the damn border? I'm thinking the latter. Mayorkas, of course, he always has something to say. Mr. Secretary, to the point of needing Congress to act, what Senate Republicans are pushing for really right now is very similar to H.R. 2, which passed the House to secure the Border Act. And just to name a couple of things in it, you know, restart construction on the border wall, increase the number of border patrol agents, limit asylum, narrow the president's parole powers. Why is that unpalatable to the administration? I would say two things. One, we've presented um, uh, proposals uh, that address the situation, that provide real practical solutions, and also uh, do not do violence to our fundamental values. We are a country of refuge. We do have asylum laws. We do have mm-hmm. refugee laws. We, um, we abide by our international obligations that are longstanding. And so that is my response to that. Some of the uh, proposals are, are reasonable and worthy of... 
Yeah, country of refuge. You know what? We're also a country of laws. And if you don't have a border, you do not have a sovereign nation. This guy sits up there and get, he's so arrogant and he's sitting there, he's laughing at you. He's laughing at every single person who continues to vote for Biden and support him, despite the fact that it's quite obvious they hate America, despite the fact that they're trying to dilute our population, dilute our culture, dilute our society with people from all over the world that have no fucking business being here. It's not safe. And as I said, it's by design. I don't know how you can get any more uh, reckless or intentional than this. They know that terrorists are coming in. They know that attacks are imminent. They, and their answer is, their answer is, we're a country of refuge. And this was CNN. Why is it so unpalatable for the administration to accept some of these other options for the border? Because the options involve building a wall and securing it and stopping people from coming in. And again, as I said at the beginning of this segment, their answer and their purpose is to bring more people in. They want more money for the border. But it's not to secure it. It's to increase processing capacity. It's fucking disgusting. It's traitorous. These people should be put in prison. But we know that's not going to happen. So at the very least, they need to be taken out of office. And they need to be taken out in a humiliating fashion. Biden needs to be beaten soundly. The House increases the minority, majority, take over the Senate. People, it's now is the time. Now is the time. Can't just sit by idly on our hands anymore. We can't be Mr. Nice Guy. We can't be McCain Republicans or Mitt Romney's weak Pathetic old men who are happy just getting rich off of your misery. My works also said this. this perfectly clear. The immigration system has been broken for decades, and our Department of Homeland Security has been underfunded for years and years. Oh, but with the same funding and the same broken system, as I said, only three to four hundred thousand were illegals were coming in a year, a year. When Trump was president, and now that's happening every single month. So please, history and and stats don't lie. Stop acting like we're stupid. Stop treating us like fucking children. Stop acting like a dictator. They say that Trump's going to come in and be a dictator. They're the <laughs> the dictatorship's already here. I think I think my buddy Sean Ferris did a show on that. Maybe yesterday. But it's already here. The Biden regime, everything that they're saying that Trump will do, they're already doing. They're masters at projection. Yeah. All right, we're going to get on to a little bit of weirdness here. Started out kind of intense. That's okay. My, my throat's still kind of messed up. Still kind of messed up. Hey, make sure to check out all the video I showed at rumble.com slash the nun report. So you can check out all that. I'm also on all the socials at the nun report. So please support. Please check it out. Here's a little bit of weirdness for today. At a high school, 11th graders volunteered to be pepper sprayed. This was in a... uh, This was in a support of showing... 
you know, don't defy law enforcement, this is what could happen. And so these 11th graders all volunteered to get pepper sprayed. And this happened. Pepper spray is no freaking joke, people. <laughs> oh, man. That one guy is trying so hard to be strong. Look at him. He's got his head bowed down. He's trying really hard, but watch. He's going to... He's. Oh. He can only take so much, though. He's gonna lose it here in a minute. <laughs> Let's go, Zach! Look at him! <laughs> Zach, you're fine! Let's go! Zach, you're fine! <laughs> okay, I don't know why I find that so funny. I mean, is it wrong for me to find that super, super funny? <laughs> that um, To see a bunch of high school kids getting uh, pepper sprayed? <laughs> oh man i want you to keep in mind the the people that are voting and supporting biden i shake my head at it i know i i hear it all the time man the polls come out and and it's uh how are these people how are they supporting who, who are these people that are supporting biden when he only has a you know people say well he has a 37 percent approval rating who are these 37 percent i don't understand how that's even possible here's the 37 percent if the election was tomorrow would you vote for trump or biden 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 why uh, because uh, i voted for him before i still support him because i have like a huge list of top five things i like from biden personally the war in Ukraine, the war in Israel, uh, like 250% higher gas prices are like my top three things. What is your top five that he's done so far? Um, well, I, I mean, I think that uh, mine are a little bit not necessarily what he's done or maybe what he's tried to do. This but is going to try to sound smart. Or sort of his integrity, his values, uh, what he stands for, uh, that he expresses empathy. Yeah. That, like he's, him, that he tries to be truthful. Like him and his son, like doing the business with Ukraine and China and stuff. Like uh, I think they took like two hundred fifty thousand from China. Uh, I think there's uh, some um, conflict on on that. What's been proven there? Yeah, see, that's pretty full of integrity to me. So I was just wondering if it is to you. I, I don't. I'm I'm not sure that I understand your question. Are you trying to be sarcastic? She finally gets it. <laughs> How long did it take her? It took her a minute. How long has that been running? Yeah, a little over a minute. That's how long it took her to realize that the guy is, is, is yanking her chain. And these are the people who are in that 37%. These are the people who support Biden no matter what. The very first thing, well, why do you support him? Well, because I voted for him last time. That's why you support him? And then he starts jerking her chain with all these horrible things that have occurred. And she's like, well, and then she tries to sound smart. Anyway, these are the people. These are the 37% that still support Biden, that will continue to vote for him. Uh, he could be, they could wheel him up. Uh, they could wheel him out.
in a coffin on the campaign trail and they would they and if he was still on the ballot they would they would vote for him hmm the climate scam continues. I did a full show. I'm not going to dive into it too long, but I do want to point out a few things. This is something that, uh, because look, all this stuff that they're calling out, watch my show from Monday, man. I think it was episode two or 342 or three, 343, somewhere around there. Anyway, it's on the whole climate hoax. That's the title of the show is the sky is falling climate hoax. They've been for 50 years. They've been trying to pull this bullshit on us. And I laid out, 50 years worth of predictions that have not come true. And they're still trying to do it. Why? For money, for control, power. Here's a here's an advertisement that uh, starred uh, the one and only heels in the air, camel toe. Harris, check it out. Hurricanes are getting stronger. Wildfires are spreading faster. Sea levels are rising. Let's make no mistake, there is a climate crisis. And the United States is committed to acting now and acting together. Because the truth is, our world is more interconnected and interdependent than ever before. And the only way to combat this climate crisis is together. This climate crisis, the only way, because hurricanes are stronger Fires are greater and sea levels are rising. The end of the world draws nigh unless you give us more money and eat bugs. Go get your solar panels, buy your EV, and eat bugs. (laughs) Because it's all getting worse. But is it? She says hurricanes are getting worse than that ad. That's one of the scare tactics they like to use. Here's the fact. This is according to NOAA. This is a government information source. U.S. hurricane strikes per decade. This goes back to 1851. Sorry, that print's kind of small. I had to had to check that out. I'm going to look at another little screen here for a minute. So, yeah, so 1851, this goes back to, and the blue line on the graph are all hurricanes, and the red line on the graph are major, what's classified as major hurricanes. Over on the side closest to me, that was 1851. All the way over on the other side, that's today. So the statistics, the data, the government data from NOAA says that no, there are in fact not more hurricanes and no they are in fact no not they're not stronger it's the same look at this going back 170 years and uh all looks like it looks pretty consistent to me so hurricanes haven't really changed much how about how about the next one she said fires Fires are, we're burning more forests than ever because of climate change. Is that true? Well, see, here's what they like to do. The the one, the, 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 this is the same graph. One just shows it over more time, okay? One goes back to, uh, oh, 19, one goes back to 1935. And that's the one. And this is burned acreage in the United States. And then that the green line is CO2 levels. So as CO2 levels has risen, fires have actually gone down. So burned acreage 
what they like to do is they like to go back to 1983 because that's where this graph is. The one on the, the far side, you can see that if you go back to 19, if you only look at the data back to 1983, they can claim that forest fires are burning more now than they have. What they don't like to show you is the rest of the story, which is on the graph closest to me, where obviously far more acres was burned in decades past than, than now. And the fact is, the fact is, if you zoom in even more than what they like to zoom in at, this U.S. forest fire burn acreage through August 26th of this year, that's the green bar. We've had less acreage burn this year than in decades. So pardon me if I don't buy in to your to your bullshit. The hurricanes are not more and stronger. We're not burning more forest than in years and decades and centuries past. It's all bullshit. It is a complete and absolute lie. What about sea levels? This was an article from 1989 where the UN said that by the year 2000, Entire nations would be underwater. You mean like Venice? Maybe Italy? There's Venice in 1764. Venice 2021 actually has more land. It's actually grown. So again, man, the the climate hoax, the climate scam is complete BS. They're trying to cram these EVs down our throat. They want to shut down coal power plants. They want you to eat bugs. They don't want you to eat meat. They want to eliminate farmland. All in an effort to consolidate their their globalism goals and total control over populations. Let's move on to the economy here because because we're 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 cruising right along. We're we're covering a lot of ground. That's my update on the climate scam. Uh, make sure to check me out on rumble.com slash the nun report. I'm on all the socials as well at the nun report and uh, except, t- uh, except Twitter on Twitter. I am just at nun report. So all the socials at the nun report on Twitter. I'm at nun report. So make sure to check me out on one of those, please. Um, and again, rumble.com slash the nun report. You can check out all the video. Please subscribe. Please punch the blue button when you watch the videos. It really does help the algorithms. It helps me. It helps a conservative cause in general. Here's Corinne Jean-Pierre auditioning for her uh, her stint on The View, I believe, once she is kicked off the White House podium, which God, I hope is soon, because she's been there for a long time. Most press secretaries don't stay there that long. But when all you have to do is go up there and not answer any questions and refer everything to other people, I guess it's a pretty easy job. There's not really much to it. So here is, uh, here is Corinne Jean-Pierre on The Economy. This is, and she's on, again, auditioning for her, her uh, future spot on the view. It's not doing much to lessen people's anxieties about pocketbook issues like lowering food prices, college tuitions, paying off debt. So what is he doing to address this disconnect? 
Well, first of all, thank you for listing out all of our amazing accomplishments or what the president has done to make sure that the economy gets back well, on its feet. Down also, and I gas noticed, yeah. by a dollar and 77 cents since its peak. Remember, yeah. Putin's war yeah. caused yeah. gas prices to go up. Putin's war. And uh, this is his war against Ukraine. And so, look, it's a very good question. This is one of the reasons I'm here with all of you, right, having the conversation. We, I appreciate the opportunity to do so. When the president got into the White House, we all know that the economy was at a tailspin, right? We had, we had COVID was just going through this country and the world in a way that was just unfathomable, obviously. And the president came in and had to fix that because obviously the last administration did not have a comprehensive. Okay, that's complete and utter bullshit. Okay, what what everything she just said is a lie. Everything that they say, we inherited an economy in a tailspin is absolute and utter bullshit. What did they inherit? Biden inherited economy growing at 1.5 trillion analyzed rate with 1.4% inflation. If Biden had simply allowed one-time COVID spending to expire, the federal deficit wouldn't have disappeared among soaring tax receipts while inflation retained low. The reason the economy is where it is is because you can stop freaking spending. The reason that we have inflation, the reason gas prices are still way high, I don't care what their peak was. Inflation is high. Prices are high. Retirement is down. We're going to cover that here in just a minute. What they're telling you about the economy and about how they inherited an economy in a tailspin. They've got the talking points, all right. They just don't have the facts. Plan. And so we had to come in and do that. And the actions that he took, to your point, really took effect on, on the economy in a good way. 14 million jobs were created. Unemployment is at a historic low. We have wages are up. 14 million jobs were not created. Um, letting people go back to work. In fact, I, I pointed out on a show last week that employment is slower than it has been in a long time. That, in fact, only about 3 million new jobs have been created, which is the slowest job growth since 2010. Right now, we are, have the slowest job growth during the Biden years since we've had since 2010. That's the reality of it. And so we got to continue to talk about it, and we're going to continue to do so. If you look at where we are currently right now, we're heading into the holiday seasons. I know I've watched you guys. You guys do these segments on, on the holiday season, and we just finished with Thanksgiving. Low, the, the, the prices have gone down, went down on turkey, went down yeah. on eggs, yeah. you know, went down on goods that Americans truly need, gas prices, as you just mentioned, because of the work that this president has done. Oh, if, you, if we're coming into the holidays and people feel good, or do they? A mental health survey by the American Psychiatric Association finds nearly a third of Americans are more stressed out this year than last holiday season. And the top three sources of anxiety? Affording gifts, finding gifts, and the cost of holiday meals. So they can sit there and say that, hey, everything's great. People are able to afford more now this year. They're happy. They're all singing Christmas carols and kumbaya. They're not. It's it's a lie. They think you're stupid. They think you'll just, oh, they say that's true, so it must be. How's your retirement account? How's your 401k over the last three years? How's your IRA? How's your pension? Let's take a look. A new op-ed lays out one of the reasons Americans don't like Bidenomics. The bite it's taken out of our retirement savings. 401k is down nearly 25%. Pension plans 
have lost 12 percent. That's a massive amount. That's a massive amount. Bidenomics has taken a big bite out of your retirement. Uh, New York Post had this column just a couple of days ago. New research explains that the modern-day Scrooge of Bidenomics has reduced the real value of the average 401k. The study, published with the Committee to Unleash Prosperity, examined individual retirement accounts and pension plans and found shocking losses under the Biden administration, enough to delay many American retirement plans uh, for years. In fact, people that were getting ready to retire will have to work an additional 10 years just to recoup the losses under the Biden regime the last three years. That's something else. How this happened is a painful lesson in government overspending, overregulating, and the hallmarks. You can't just print money, people, man. We were, we've been saying this since the very beginning. When they kept printing money after COVID and did their whole Green New Deal bullshit, so, it, it, you know, immediately upon taking office, the Biden administration and their big spending allies in Congress ran up multi-trillion dollar tabs with no way to pay, and the Federal Reserve just created the money to finance it all. That sparked a 40-year high inflation, which was followed by the fastest interest rate hikes in just as long. So, yes, it's bad, people. Bidenomics. In 2022, one of the <laughs> one of only a few years on record when both equities and bonds both had negative average returns. The bond market had its worst year since at least 1928. Did you catch that? Under Bidenomics, under the Biden regime that's in office right now and the extreme commie Democrat policies and their Green New Deal, bonds have had the worst year since the Great Recession. So when they trot out there and say the economy is great, it's simply not true, people. The violent gyrations from government crowding and continues crowding out the private sector along with oppressive regulations helped drive down the average 401k plan by almost 13%, about $17,000 in the first two years of the Biden regime. So you just lost 17 grand. Wages aren't higher. Real wages are still down 3% from when Biden took office. It's costing you about $10,000 a year more to live in real money. But it gets worse. The stratospheric inflation brought on by government spending, borrowing, and printing too much money <clears throat> excuse me, has further eroded the value of 401k plans by 16200 on average for a real inflation-adjusted loss of around $33,200, or 24.8%. That's with inflation put in. While the study estimates that pension plans have fared better than many IRAs, their balances have also fallen in real terms. Through the third quarter of this year, pension plans have lost $3.3 trillion, or 12.1% of real value during the Biden administration. The article concludes, across all plans, net losses are a wavering or eye-watering $1 trillion. <clears throat> ah, wrong slide. Let me check it out. All right, here we go. Biden, Biden inherited, here's what they like to say, that, oh, but we inherited an economy in shambles and it was tail in a massive tailspin. And that's not true. Biden inherited the economy growing at 1.5 trillion annualized rate with a mere 1.4% inflation rate. If Biden had simply allowed one 
time COVID spending to expire, the federal deficit would have disappeared amid soaring tax receipts while inflation remained low. Instead, Biden led the way and championed more wasteful spending and multi-trillion dollar deficits became institutionalized. The impact has been devastating. Between lost purchasing power from inflation and higher borrowing costs from interest rate hikes, the typical American family has lost the equivalent of $7,300 in annual income under Biden. To make ends meet, a record number of Americans are now working multiple jobs. That's where some of the job growth comes from. But that's still not enough to cover the $11,400 higher cost of living. So that's the reality of it, people. Again, numbers don't lie. They can say whatever they want. But the, and then they, and this is why they keep getting asked, you know, why do you think Americans still feel that the economy is not good, even though you say it is? And they just keep answering, well, they just hasn't, it just hasn't reached them yet. They just haven't benefited, benefited from it yet. And on and on and on and on. Now let's jump into uh, to something I alluded to at the beginning as we start to wind down the hour. <clears throat> Excuse me. Back. I may actually go a little beyond the hour. We'll see. It doesn't matter. It's my show. I can do that. I'm not syndicated. I'm not in a time slot. I, I, I am the time slot. I'm in my own time slot. I can go as long as I want. Kind of cool, huh? Anyway, Transmania episode, however many, because I've done quite a few shows hitting different angles of it. And uh, so if you look at, at what they're doing as far as allowing men to compete against women and the insanity that's coming out of the left, it's just, it's just insane. They're doing, you know, hearings in Congress like they always do. And this is what people say. And, and, and uh, excuse me, Dan Bongino said the same thing uh, yesterday or the day before. That as long as we're moving the goalposts, as long as we're exposing their radical ideas and their evil ways, we're winning. We, we can't throw them in jail. Congress doesn't have the ability to do that, Okay. But we can continue to have these hearings, continue to get information like this out so that hopefully more people will see the extreme commie Democrats for what they are, which are communists. Right? Anyway, uh, here, here's a little bit from the hearings going on uh, yesterday. Check it out. Such as teamwork and goal setting. In terms of mental health, studies show that participating in youth sports is associated with lower rates of anxiety and depression, lower amounts of stress, higher self-esteem and confidence. Women must stop. Inclusion cannot be prioritized over safety and fairness. And Ranking Member Lee, if my testimony makes me transphobic, then I believe your opening monologue makes you a misogynist. Thank you. I now, thank you, uh, Ms. Gaines. I now recognize Ms. Perry for her opening statements. Okay, uh, that was just too hilarious. I mean, um, Riley Gaines, she's just owning it. She's championing the cause of women in women's sports. And she continues to just shut people down. And they, they say ridiculous things. And she calls them out for the ridiculousness that they are. And they have nothing to say after that. What do you say to that? What do you say to that? And uh, so they're saying that it provides confidence in this and that. So therefore, females, girls, young women, they should have to live with men 
uh, beating up on them in sports, exposing themselves in the locker room so that they can feel better about themselves. While the women don't feel safe and feel violated. The reality is that like their peers, trans girls and women, they sometimes lose at sports and sometimes they win. And success in school sports depends on a whole range of factors, including how hard you work and coaching and access to really good resources and facilities. And trans students participate in sports for the same reason as their kids, because it is fun, because it creates belonging and community, because it teaches so much about persistence and leadership and and discipline, unless they learn to lose gracefully, hopefully. Okay, so ladies, all you've got to do is learn to lose gracefully to men. And if you do that, they'll feel better about themselves because after all, they're there for the same reason you are. Okay, if they're there to compete and to feel better and all that, let them play with their biological sex. Let them play with the sex that they are, which is male. Don't put them up against females. How pathetic of a person does it take to go out there and in sports, competitive sports, and have to go up against women to make yourself feel better? It's a pathetic person is what that is. Very insecure, very weak. I'm Kim Russell, an ambassador for the Independent Women's Forum. This is a coach, and um, I just want you to... She lost her job for speaking out against men competing against women. She's been an athlete and a coach her entire life. Anyway, check it out. Why am I here? I'm 56 years old. I'm an athlete, a coach, a mother, and a teacher and a longtime advocate for women and girls. This has been my life and my passion. I played two sports at the D1 level that never would have been possible without Title IX. I've been a lacrosse coach for over 27 years. I'm in three halls of fame for coaching and contributing to the growth of lacrosse, and there's actually an award in my name. Oberlin College removed me from coaching and offered me an administrative position after I chose to publicly tell my story and refuse to be silent or back down about my belief that men, no matter how they self-identify, should not be allowed to compete in women's sports. I joined Oberlin College in 2018 as a head women's lacrosse coach and a wellness instructor. I've always been pro-woman then and now. Over the course, She lost her job for speaking out against men competing against women. She, for not only that, but for standing up for the female athletes and Title IX. For that, she was fired. And that's a, that, that video goes on, that, that testimony goes on for about nine minutes. Obviously, I can't show it all here. Uh, but I would encourage you to go look it up. Meanwhile, in Chicago, two trans cyclists dominate Chicago women's race. A pair of trans-identified males placed first and second in an Illinois cycling championship race on December 3rd, topping a field of biological females. Tessa Johnson came in first. <sighs> Tessa Johnson, give me a... That's, how about use your real name? Thomas. Maybe he's Thomas. At the Illinois State uh, Cycle Cross Championship Women's 
Single speed category, while Evelyn, Evelyn, really, Evan, maybe, Williamson came in second. The only biological female on the podium was Kristen Chambers. And I, I ask you, what in the world? See, as long as, as, as long as women continue to compete in these events, and, and thankfully, we're seeing more and more teams and individuals that refuse to compete against another team or individual that has a trans on it. And good for them, because you know what? That's the only way it stops. It's not just going to stop, right? It ends when you have... When you have had enough, when you say, you know what? As women, we stand with other women. We're not going to compete against men. You cannot, you cannot put us in this position. That's when it ends, is when it's no longer allowed. And I'm glad to see that more and more people are, are getting that. But for every one of those, you see a story like that one in Chicago. And, and that's sad. All right, last story of the day, last topic of the day. Uh, colleges in the United States, and, and particularly like the more expensive ones and the Ivy League ones, have become nothing but breeding grounds for hate and intolerance. And that has led to a lot of anti-Semitism. And uh, again, congressional hearings, the the representatives from uh, UPenn, Harvard, MIT, were grilled and asked, is it considered hate speech on your campus for somebody to call for the genocide of Jews? This was their response. Does M- at MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment, yes or no? If targeted at individuals not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants. Which is the same thing. can be anti-Semitic depending on the context when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated as harassment if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. So only it's only hate speech if it turns into actual physical conduct. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision. It's context. It's based on context. So it only matters on what they subjectively decide. So someone could say all Jews should be killed. And if they decide that that was in the context of, oh, I don't know, a joke or sarcasm or something like that, then I guess it's not hate speech. 
Hmm. I wonder what would happen if students were claiming or crying, screaming for the for the elimination and deaths of oh I don't know say transgender people or hey how about uh, you know people of color? Then what would your reaction and your policy be, Miss Penn? Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the, yes speech or becomes, no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. Again, the question is, is calling for a genocide of the Jews hate speech and harassment? Yes or no? And she won't answer it. Which is kind of your answer right there. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. These people are unfucking believable. It can be, depending on the context. Are you kidding me? Someone can call for the death of an entire race. What if, again, what if students were out there calling for the genocide of all transgender? What if they were out there calling for the genocide of all gay people? What if they were out there calling for the genocide of all women? Oh, that's right. You hate women anyway because you want men to beat up on them in sports. Good freaking grief. What's the context? Targeted as an individual, targeted as, at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Yes. Do you understand that no, dehumanization doesn't. is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. And is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct, and we do take Conduct. So the answer is yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. These people are pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. They can't even say, yeah, you know what? If someone's calling for the death of an entire uh, group or, or race of people, then yeah, that would be cons- that would violate our code of conduct. <laughs> Seems right. No, only if it transfers into conduct and the context was this and they actually do commit genocide, then we would investigate it as violating our anti-bullying and hate speech code of conduct. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And there's this. Well, I'm both honored and thankful to be here. I should not be here today. 
I should be studying for my upcoming finals. I should be taking in every moment, every experience as an undergraduate student in my senior year of college. So while I should not be here today, I am. Because 36 hours ago, I, along with most of campus, sought refuge in our rooms. As classmates and professors chanted proudly for the genocide of Jews while igniting smoke bombs and defacing school property. The neighboring university's president immediately released a statement describing this as a brazen display of anti-Semitism. He went on saying, silence in the face of last night's demonstration of anti-Semitism and hate near our doorstep is not an option for me. Well, the doorstep of the neighboring university is in fact Penn. And in fact, Penn's president did choose silence. The neighboring university's president swiftly denounced the incident, and yet our president cannot. Because the glorious October 7th, and you're a dirty little Jew, you deserve to die, are words said not by Hamas, but by my classmates and professors. And because despite all of this, I am adamant and hopeful that we will not accept, least of all embrace, this horrific new normal on college campuses today. And there you have it. I started out this segment by saying that the campuses today in the United States are breeding grounds for hate and intolerance. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. On that note, <clears throat> thanks for tuning in today. <clears throat> If you've uh, just been listening on a, a podcast, an audio, please check me out on rumble.com slash the nun report. It's where you can see everything I put up. And there was a lot of visual content today that you really need to uh, check into the show on the video at rumble.com slash the nun report to really see and, and get the impact and the, the point of everything that I was putting out there. Um, I'm on all the socials. Man, that, that, that segment, that, that young man's, uh, statement there really got to me, choked me up a little bit. Uh, very sad. Anyway, uh, I'm on all the socials at the Nun Report, except for uh, Twitter, where I, I, I didn't get the Nun Report. So on Twitter, I'm just at Nun Report, or just go to my website, thenunreport.com, and you can click into everything one stop, uh, one shop, easy peasy. Anyway, hey, um, thanks again for for watching and listening, and as always, until next time, may the odds be ever. In your favor. Cheers.